Good evening, everyone. My name is Todd with Paranomaly. So, dig this. I, I was, I'm getting ready to do this episode for you of the Salem Witch Trials. And every time I get to the dates, I kind of have a brain meltdown because it just doesn't seem possible. You know, the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. 1692. This is 2021. That's almost like prehistoric. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the Salem Witch Trials of 1692 was a dark time in American history. Uh, more than 200 were accused of practicing witchcraft and 20 were killed during the hysteria. So ever since those dark days ended, the trials have become synonymous with mass hysteria and scapegoating. Now, I just want to put a warning out there. Uh, don't call someone a, a witch, because if you do, you're going to have mass hysteria and scapegoating. So just remember that, folks. Now, Salem, Massachusetts wasn't alone in its witch hunt. A wave of witch trials swept Europe from the 1300s to the 1600s. And there we go, the 1300s. That's like dinosaurs roamed back then. That's what it reminds me of. Uh, so these witch hunts happened for a variety of reasons. And they were greatly influenced by the fear of the devil and the commonly accepted belief that he could give witches the power to hurt people as a reward for their loyalty. Now, Salem was settled by Puritans in 1628 and was the beginning of the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Now, King Charles I granted the Puritans a royal charter to colonize the area, but Charles II revoked this charter in 1684 after colonists violated several of the charter's rules. Now, these violations included uh, basing laws on religious beliefs, running an illegal mint, and discriminating against Anglicans. Now, a newer, more anti-religious ch charter uh, replaced the original one in 1691. Uh, it also combined the Massachusetts Bay Colony, the Plymouth Colony, and several other colonies into one. Now, the Puritans who left England due to religious persecution feared that they were under attack and were losing control of their colony. A feeling of uneasiness and discontent surrounded them. Now, the colony was also under a great deal of strain at the time due to a recent smallpox epidemic. Growing rivalries between families within the colony, a constant threat of attack from nearby Native American tribes, and a recent influx of refugees trying to escape King William's war with France in Canada and upstate New York. Now, all these factors created a tense environment in Salem. Now, the, histor the, the historical, hmm, can I get it right? Now, the hysteria first began uh, in January of 1692 when a group of young girls who later came to be known as the Afflicted Girls fell ill after playing a fortune-telling game and began behaving strangely. Now, the Afflicted Girls were Elizabeth Booth, Elizabeth Hubbard, Mercy Lewis, Betty Paris, Ann Putnam Jr., Susanna Sheldon, Abigail Williams, Mary Walcott, Mary Warren. Now, the first of the girls to start experiencing symptoms was Betty Paris, followed by Abigail Williams, Ann Putnam Jr., Mary Walcott, 
and Mercy Lewis. And shortly after, Elizabeth Hubbard, Shana, Susanna Sheldon, Mary Warren, and Elizabeth Booth all started to experience the same symptoms, which consisted of suffering fits, hiding under furniture, contorting in pain, and experiencing fever. Uh, many modern theorists uh, suggest that the girls are suffering from either epilepsy, boredom, child abuse, mental illness, or even a disease brought on by eating rye infected with fungus. Now, please, hold off on the rye and the fungus, okay? And uh, you might want to skip the potatoes, too. Now, in February, Samuel Paris called a doctor uh, who is believed to be uh, Dr. William Griggs to examine the girls. Now, the doctor was unable to find anything physically wrong with them. And he suggested that they may be bewitched. Because, you know, if you can't find a logical explanation, then it has to be either demons or witches or something. Now, shortly after two of the girls named the woman they believed were bewitching them. Now, these women were Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and a slave named Tituba, who worked for Samuel Paris. Now, these three women were social outcasts and easy targets for the accusation of witchcraft. It was not difficult for people of Salem to believe they were involved in witchcraft. Now, on March 1st, Tituba, Sarah Good, and Sarah Osborne were arrested and examined. Now, during Tituba's examination, she confessed that she had been approached by Satan along with Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. And they had all agreed to do his bidding as witches. The confession spurred the hunt for more witches and silenced any opposition to the idea of witchcraft invading the village. Now, the same month, four more women were accused and arrested. Rebecca Nurse, Martha Corey, Dorothy Good, and Rachel Clinton from Ipswich. Now, although the afflicted girls were the main accusers during the trial, Many historians now believe the girls' parents, particularly Thomas Putnam and Samuel Paris, were egging the girls on and encouraging them to accuse specific people in the community that they didn't like in an act of revenge. Now, in April, more women were accused, as well as a number of men. Now, in May, as the number of cases grew, Governor William Phipps set up a special court known as the Court of Oyer and Terminer to hear the cases. Now, this court consisted of eight judges. In June, Nathaniel Saltonstall resigned and was replaced by Jonathan Corwin. Now, the number of people accused and arrested in May surged to over 30 people. Arrest warrants were issued for George Jacob Jr. and Daniel, Daniel Andrews, but they evaded arrest. Now, the accusations and arrests began to decline in June, but still continued, and soon the local jails held more than 200 accused witches. Not everyone in Salem believed in witchcraft or supported the trials. 
Uh, there were many critics of the witch hunt, such as local farmer John Proctor, who scoffed at the idea of witchcraft in Salem and called the young girl scam artist. Now, critics such as Proctor were often accused of witchcraft as well, and under the assumption that anyone who denied the existence of witches or defended the accused must be one of them and were brought to trial. So Proctor's entire family was accused, including all his children, his pregnant wife, and sister-in-law. How interesting. So although the witch hunt started in Salem, it quickly spread to the neighboring towns, including Amsbury, Andover, Topsfield, Ipwich, and Gloucester. Now, numerous residents of those towns were brought into Salem and put on trial. A Bridget Bishop was the first person brought to trial. A Bishop was a local tavern owner who often quarreled with the neighbors, dressed provocatively, and entertained guests late at night in her home. Furthermore, Bishop had been accused of witchcraft years before, but was clear to the crime. A Bridget was accused by five of the afflicted girls, Abigail Williams, Ann Putnam Jr., Mercy Lewis, Mary Walcott, and Elizabeth Hubbard, who stated she had physically hurt them and tried to make them sign a pact with the devil. Now, during her trial, Bishop repeatedly defended herself, stating, I am innocent. I know nothing of it. I have done no witchcraft. I am innocent as the child unborn. A bishop was quickly convicted and hanged on June 10th at Gallows Hill. Now, I'm starting to see a pattern here. And, you know, I'm kind of wondering if you see it too. Uh, now, the thing that, that I'm seeing here is she owns a tavern, a local tavern, which brings in good money. And taverns can be prime real estate. So I'm not quite sure, but I'm thinking there's something up. And also John Proctor, who scoffed at the idea of witchcraft. He was a local farmer. And he would have owned a farm. So... Yeah, that's uh, kind of interesting. So five people were hanged in July, one of which was Rebecca Nurse. Now, Rebecca Nurse's execution was a pivotal moment in the Salem witch trials. Now, although many of the other accused uh, women were unpopular social outcasts, Nurse wasn't. She was well-respected and well-loved member of the community. And when she uh, was first arrested, many members of the community signed a petition asking for her release. Now, although she wasn't released, most people were confident she would be found not guilty and then released. Her initial verdict was, in fact, not guilty. But upon hearing the verdict, the afflicted girls became, like, possessed. And they started to have fits in the courtroom. 
Now, Judge Stoughton asked the jury to reconsider their verdict. And a week later, the jury changed their minds and declared Nurse guilty. After Nurse's execution on July 19th, the residents of Salem started to seriously question the validity of the trials. Now, back to uh, Proctor, the farmer. Now, on July 23rd, Proctor wrote to the clergy in Boston, and he knew the clergy did not fully approve of the witch hunts. Now, Proctor told them about the torture inflicted on the accused and asked the trials be moved to Boston, where he felt he would get a fair trial. The clergy later held a meeting on August 1st to discuss the trials, but were not able to help Proctor before his execution. Proctor's wife managed to escape execution because she was pregnant, but Proctor was hanged on August 19th along with five other people. Now, another notable person who was accused of witchcraft was Captain John Alden Jr., he was the son of the Mayflower crew member, John Alden. Now, Alden was accused of witchcraft by a child during a trip to Salem while he was on his way home to Boston from Canada. Now, Alden spent 15 weeks in jail before friends helped him break out and escape to New York. He was later exonerated. Yet another crucial moment during the Salem witch trials was the public torture and death of Giles Corey. Now, Corey was accused of witchcraft in April after his wife's accusation and examination. Now, knowing that if he was convicted, his large estate would be confiscated and wouldn't be passed down to his children. Now, Corey brought his trial to a halt by refusing to enter a plea. English law at the time dictated that anyone who refused to enter a plea could be tortured in the attempt to force a plea out of them. So how interesting is that, that uh, these tactics of torture are still being used today? And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I, I, I've seen some of these, you know, even in, in just Hollywood, where you know that it is nothing and it's not even um, remotely close. I, I, I'd have gave up. I, I, I would have had to have just... Um, said whatever I could for the pain to stop. And, and I, I think that there's a lot that, uh, that would do that. So the torture consisted of laying the prisoner on the ground naked with a board placed on top of him. And then heavy stones were loaded onto the board and the weight was gradually increased until the person either entered a plea or died. In mid-September, Corey was tortured this way for three days in a field near Howard Street until he finally died on September 19th. His death was gruesome and cruel and strengthened the growing opposition to the Salem Witch Trials. Now, as the trials and executions continued, colonists began to doubt so many people could actually be guilty of the crime of witchcraft. Uh, they feared many innocent people were being executed. Local clergymen began speaking out against the witch hunt and tried to persuade officials to stop the trials. Around the end of September, the use of spectral evidence was finally declared inadmissible, thus making the beginning to the end 
of the Salem Witch Trials. Although spectral evidence was based on dreams and visions, uh, it wasn't the only evidence used in court during the Salem Witch Trials. It was the most common and the easiest evidence for accusers to fake. Now, other evidence used in the trial included confessions of the accused, possession of certain items such as poppets, ointments, or books on the occult, as well as the presence of an alleged witch's teat, which was a strange mole or blemish on the accused person's body. So figure that. If, 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 if they could just accuse you for, because you have a weird-looking mole or maybe a skin tag or something. Good Lord. No wonder they were so barbaric back then. Now, on September 22nd, eight people were hanged. Uh, these were the last hangings of the Salem Witch Trials. On October 29th, Phipps dismissed the court uh, that had been set up to hear the cases. The 52 remaining people in jail were tried in a new court. The new court was presided over William Stoughton, Thomas Danforth, John Richards, Waitstill Winthrop, and Samuel Sewall. Now, most of the prisoners were found not guilty or released due to lack of real evidence. Now, those who were found guilty were pardoned by Governor Phipps. The governor released the last few prisoners the following May. Now, there was a total of 19 victims that were hanged at Gallows Hill during the witch trials. The others were either found guilty but pardoned, found not guilty, were never indicted, or simply evaded arrest or escaped from jail. How interesting. I mean, that's like... I don't know. I, I just, I can't believe that so many people died over ridiculousness. Now, other victims included two dogs who were shot or killed after being suspected of witchcraft. So there you go, folks. I mean, how crazy can you be where you're going to accuse dogs of witchcraft? Now, historians have noted that many of the accused were wealthy and held different religious beliefs than their accusers. Now this, coupled with the fact that the accused also had their estates confiscated if they were convicted, has led to many historians to believe that religious feuds and property disputes played a big part in the witch trials. And you know, I can see it, and it just, there was a lot at stake back then. Your, your property, your homes, everything. I mean, if you wanted something, you accused someone of witchcraft, they were found guilty, because you know they were be guilty anyway, no matter what. You're either forced to admit, or you know, you're just found guilty. And then you lose all your property, and somebody can scoop right up. Now, as the years went by, the colonists felt ashamed and remorseful for what had happened during the trials. Now, many of the judges, including Judge Samuel Sewall, confessed to their errors in the, in, which, in the witch trials and issued public apologies. In 1706, afflicted girl Anne Putnam Jr. issued a public apology for her role in the Salem witch trials, particularly in the case against her neighbor, Rebecca Nurse. On January 15, 1697, Salem held a day of fasting 
in honor of the victims known as a day of official humiliation. In 1711, the colony passed the bill restoring some of the names of the accused and paid a total of 600 in restitution to their heirs. Now, since some of the family of the victims did not want their family members listed, not every victim was named. In 1957, the state of Massachusetts officially apologized for the Salem witch trials and cleared the name of some of the remaining victims not listed in the 1711 law. One and Paduator and certain other persons, yet did not state the other victims' names. In November of 1991, Salem town officials announced plans for a Salem Witch Trials Memorial in Salem. At the announcement ceremony, playwright Arthur Miller made a speech and read from the last act of his 1953 play, The Crucible, which was inspired by the Salem Witch Trials. In August of 1992, on the 300th anniversary of the trials, the Salem Witch Trials Memorial was unveiled and dedicated by noble Lurette Eli Weissel. On October 31st in 2001, the state amended the apology stating, Chapter 145 of the Resolves of 1957 is hereby amended by striking out in line one the words one and Paduator and certain other persons and inserting in place thereof the following words and Paduator, Bridget Bishop, Susanna Martin, Alice Parker, Margaret Scott, and Wilmot Red. So, what do you think, folks? What do you think happened? I mean, what would have made people go crazy and just start accusing people of uh, being witches and having these kids uh, get involved and properties being lost, lives being lost? It's very interesting to me. And uh, I, I have no idea where to even go with this because, you know, were some of them witches? Um, very possible, very possible. And, uh, you know, it's just to me is it's an absolute shame that, you know, things come to that. But anyway, hey, I want to thank you all for, uh, for listening in and, uh, you know, if you can, please hit that like button, subscribe button, hit that little dingly bell and, uh. And join us for the next episode of Paranomaly. Thanks, everybody.